Welcome to the Redeemer University podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and today we are going to be talking with Corin English professor, Doug Sikama. Join us as we nerd out over the core program. We talk about the benefits and purpose of the core in Redeemer University's context. If it is your first time here with us, make sure you like and subscribe. Find us on your podcast platform of choice. Check out some of our other episodes that explore various aspects of Redeemer, Christian education, and so much more. Thank you for making us part of your day. And with that, here we go. The world is constantly changing, and sometimes I feel like I'm not really equipped to adapt to this changing world. Before coming to Redeemer, I didn't really see a way for sciences to interact with faith. These are just two things that seem to be completely opposite. So I chose Redeemer very deliberately for core curriculum experience. I wanted the opportunity to be able to read and, and think about topics from a variety of perspectives. Core has helped prepare me because it's taught me how to think about the world. One of the things that the core does is it teaches us to put question marks where we usually put periods. So the core program at Redeemer gives students the groundwork to build their, their discipline and their vocation. Anything that teaches you critical thinking, which the core program does, is preparing you for the future. And in that way, it's slowly building this foundation. I would say the core has given me an opportunity to make my faith relevant in the public space. So I came to Redeemer not only to study, but also to discover my calling. And I feel like the core curriculum really helped me launch that. Now, looking back, uh, I deeply appreciate uh, the core curriculum and the well-rounded education I got because of it. My Redeemer education has greatly helped prepare me for my future. I feel like I am more prepared for a career and making an impact than I have ever been or ever thought I could be. The core program really just showed me how my faith can interact with my field of study and how I could use that in a more practical way in the world that we live in. One of the things that we do at Redeemer in the core program is also look at where the world needs you. And Redeemer wants to equip you to not only develop yourself, but to see that the world actually is awaiting you. The only, the amazing professor of core and English, Professor Doug Sikama. Welcome to the Redeemer Podcast. How are you, my friend? Hey, Zach. Uh, doing well. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, it's good to be here. It's awesome. And so, for those of you who are just tuning in, today we are rocking the core, which means we're talking about the core program here at Redeemer. And let's maybe just start with that. So, Professor Sigma, if someone has no idea what the core at Redeemer is, what would you say to them? Yeah, so the core program is one of the most distinctive pieces of a, a Redeemer education. Um, and I think about it like if you think you're, you're working out, you're working out your core. Your core is kind of the, the muscle group kind of right. Yeah, exactly. Your abs. Uh, and it's it's what allows you to do kind of everything else. So that's a little bit metaphorical. Uh, if you don't know what the core is, it's the courses you have to take when you're at Redeemer, but they provide the sort of foundation from which you'll do your, your major. So if you're getting into kinesiology, you're getting into history, you're getting into poli-sci, whatever your field's going to be, there's going to be this shared grounding of knowledge that all students will get during their four years. Um, most of the core course will happen in your first year. Um, you'll get three more in your second year, and then there's a sort of capstone you get at, at the end of it. 
Um, and these are, again, very foundational questions that kind of, I like to frame it. I'm, I'm an English guy. Uh, they kind of tell us stories. So the, the first year core, like the HUM 110 and HUM 120 sequence, is kind of putting you into the story of the West, of Western culture. So we start with the Greeks. We go all the way to the present time. Some people say it's kind of from Plato to NATO. The other <laughs> story is we're also Christians. So what's the story of the Bible? Hmm. Where do I fit in the unfolding drama that is the Christian story from God's creative utterance to let there be light all the way to his prophetic revelation of uh, a coming judgment? And then there is also the sort of CTS 110, which is your introduction to the Reformed worldview. So how do I take this story and apply it to my current moment and, and see that the Christian tradition has amazing resources, not just for what we believe, but for, for what we believe and how we actually kind of enact that, right, in, in our discipline, in our calling, uh, in our life beyond Redeemer. Absolutely. And I, well said, I, I, another way that I kind of phrase it when I'm explaining it to prospective students is that if your degree is a tree, the core program is the trunk of that tree. Yeah. Where and and the other courses you take of your major and your minor area of study, they're kind of branches that kind of come off. But because you have that foundational core, you know, understanding, it, it just it lays that foundation to take. You know, okay, my I'm honing my Christian perspective in the drama of Scripture or in the hum. Uh, you know, the, the humanities courses that I take or a faith and philosophy course or a science core course. And I can apply that to my you know major area of study or my minor area of study right. to help me, you know, continue to develop my own, you know, Christian worldview as I engage with culture, engage with the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I also try to tell first year students because a, a lot of them, some of them know a little bit more about what the core is uh, and, and some of them expect to have nothing but kind of free choice about what your, your credits are going to be. And one of the things about core is that it's kind of, it's chosen for you, yeah. uh, which I also hope they, they enjoy that, right? Like that, that it kind of takes the, the, the pressure off. If you, if you trust the people who are making the choices, uh, that these are things that are worth your attention. They're worth, they're worth thinking about. Um, and, uh, knowing myself, someone who went through Redeemer and had a different version of the core, I actually really appreciated being kind of pushed out of my comfort zone. I don't think as an 18-year-old I would have known how helpful it was to get university-level science, a philosophy class under my belt, um, to have some world history. All those things actually were like so formative and shaping where I ended uh, ended up. But when I was 18, I, I wouldn't have necessarily known that. Uh, it was really helpful for that piece of the kind of architecture of my education to have been kind of designed uh, for me. Definitely. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, just even, even the, the concept of getting out of your comfort zone and learning to, you know, do a different discipline of study at an, a university level is so beneficial in, in all aspects of your life. You know, at Redeemer, we often talk about educating the whole student and that you'll, you'll have a well-rounded education that actually makes you, you know, more, more employable after you graduate. Uh, just if you're involved with your church, you offer you know different skill sets, different uh, knowledge, and you know opportunities that come that way. And that's definitely you know one of the things that I appreciate about the core for sure. Mm-hmm. So l- let's maybe dive into you know at the core level here. 
uh, pardon the pun anyway, <laughs> at the core, what is the core? No. Uh, where would you say that, uh, you know, you see students benefit the most out of the mm. core program? Yeah, that's a really great question. <clears throat> where do they benefit the most? Um, and that's going to be very contingent on, uh, every student you talk to. For sure. One of, one of my one of my favorite things now that I've been doing this for a little while um, is when I have alumni come and visit me um, or even students who are in their third and fourth year, we say, I still think about passages we read in Dante. I still think about uh, some of the ideas we, we discussed around Augustine. So that's the Hummel mm-hmm. 10 course, which is kind of like a, a great texts course where we do a little bit of sort of history, but we're just reading primary sources. And it's really amazing to me how much of our education system is designed not to have students actually encounter the kind of beauty, the wisdom, the wonder that are these old voices and these old texts mm. so that they get that first in introduction uh, in the first year to spark their imagination. And I think to me, the success of that is they realize they can do it. They realize, uh, and this is what, what C.S. Lewis says, is that these old voices are actually easier to understand <coughs> than, than academics usually uh they're they're more delightful and they're more challenging but we're usually kind of intimidated when we're like 17 18 19 in encountering them so i i think in terms of like academic success i love that moment a student realizes they can actually go and read sophocles on their own Mm. um they can they can do that and that these old ideas about what is justice what is beauty what is goodness what is truth are very very old questions so I love hearing those stories of students who have started to immerse themselves in like old literature in terms of like, like not practically, but a course that helps students launch them on their vocation. I I do think CTS is still really significant um, for students when they, they, they think about their discipline as a Christian and every student comes in with different kinds of expectations, but a lot of them, it's still like the modern kind of narrative that our religion is kind of what we do on Sunday it's like it's a set of these practices, but you realize like your Christian calling is fundamentally manifested in the work you do in your neighborhood, in your community, in your vocation, and it's it's a form of worship. Um, mm-hmm. I love seeing that light go on uh, for them to be like my social work, my reading of, of of historical texts. All of this stuff is actually the way I worship God and serve God and serve my community um, by mm-hmm. doing this work well. So. I love, I love when the light goes on for students and for some of them that they had never thought of it that way before. Um, but I feel like that, that's the, the kind of depth charge that will, will have long lasting uh, impacts. And when they're 30, when they're 40, when they're 50, they'll keep hopefully thinking about their vocation, their calling as, as something that's definitely shaped and guided by their, their faith. Absolutely. And, and you, you're going to have to pardon me. I'm going to have a little selfish moment here where uh, one of my favorite moments, it, it was, uh, so I took, uh, I started at Redeemer in 2016 and uh, I took uh, the Humanities 110 course with Dr. Jonathan Jolfs. And one of my favorite stories, this is a deep cut here, was it was a French story called Bisclave. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, it was, it's not a very long story or anything like that. But I wrote a paper and a video essay on Bisclave because I just found it this fascinating story 
it's it's a werewolf story. I think some people might accredit it to being the first werewolf story that you know in our modern times at least. Yeah. And just I I love that it challenged me to go read a story that I would I would never take the time to read. I would never look up a French werewolf story or something like that, right? And uh, you know it's it's something that's impacted me as a storyteller. It's impacted me as a writer. And, you know, that's the type of, you know, benefit that I got from taking, you know, those humanity courses or the drama of scripture, which is pretty much a four month speed read through the entire Bible, yeah. you know, dividing it into six act story structure. And, oh, I could, I could nerd out on the core all day. <laughs> no, and that, that, that to me is like, again, I love hearing stories like that, Zach. Uh, and it's funny, I was just telling my kids the story of Bisclip, right? Uh, we we kind of do story time at night and I was telling them about werewolves. Um, so we, I, I gave them a, a kind of tamer version of it. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, of a wolf that's actually the good guy that bites off the nose of a woman and then she has like children with no noses. All this stuff is <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. But but then, uh, I, yeah, I think to, to help our students see like humans in other times and other places are familiar enough that they're asking questions they're asking and they're also strange. There's things about the middle yeah. Middle Ages that are just not like contemporary times and totally. kind of sitting that strangeness is also really good for us. So that's absolutely. Anyway, it's all right. So I'll, I'll take, I'll, we'll get back to talking about the core, but we had to talk about Bisclave a little bit. <laughs> um, so what are, I guess, uh, let, let me, you know, kind of rope it back to what are some of the things that, you know, you're seeing in student because you're teaching the core classes right now, right? Yeah. I teach uh, HUM 110, HUM 210. CTS 110 and HUM 120. Awesome. And and what would you say is some of the response of students in some of these core classes? It's a good time to ask that question, Zach. We just went through an uh, entire course, sort of self-study. We did survey results of the last like six or seven years. So um, there's lots of things I could say about this. Are you talking about my specific year right now or just generally? We go in general, either or. Yeah. Yeah, so the core has met with, I think, some expected resistance uh, because I think we do live in a culture where we champion our choice, uh, our freedom of choice. And coming to a university, especially where it's like you're at this stage of life where you're becoming autonomous or more autonomous, more independent, um, and you're trying to focus. And I think especially in an age where we're seeing some like financial precariousness, you want to know that uh, what you're doing has a kind of use value if you know what i mean right because it's an investment to come here it's an investment especially at some of the prime earning years of your life to be spending yep. money being trained up and and again as fun as stories about werewolves are uh, <laughs> you, you could very easily see why people are like well that's kind of a useless waste of my time um to i'd rather be learning the kind of fine arts of accounting so i can get out and and, and get in, in the real world and right so i think that attitude is is something that's probably as old as university life, but we see it yeah. here um, and we see it in the core, especially that the core can have some resistance uh, to just how pragmatic it actually is. Uh, another challenge in the core is also just, and I think it's a relatively recent COVID kind of catalyzed it is the ability to read at length with sustained attention, mm. difficult things. Um, and I know the nature of education is starting to shift with a lot more like audio visual. I mean, hence we're doing a video podcast here, uh, yep. <laughs> um, but, and also AI and things like that. So 
the way that students, and not just students, actually even myself, if I look at my own kind of research and, and, and habits of learning, it's largely starting to shift um, towards different forms of, of, of learning where reading is actually increasingly a challenge. So yeah. especially in the core course like HUM 110, HUM 120, philosophy, we're asking to do a lot of difficult reading. And uh, hey, we see that as a, as a, as a, as a current challenge. But we're, we're working on like just helping students build up the habits to, for sure. So like, right. So it's like any muscle; it needs to be exercised. Yeah. And, uh, still, part of the learned life will require you to read slowly um, and do do the hard thing of of, of reading those texts. So, and and you, know, I there, there's something to be said about the shared experience mm-hmm. of going through the core program. And I know university itself, you know, in Redeemer's context, is a shared experience. You know, you're building a relationship. You know, it's a small campus. You get to know people. It's a I like to say it's a head nod hey community. Uh, where you're walking down the hall saying, hey, what's up? But uh, in the core program is interesting because all of the core classes, you're with other students from different disciplines of studies. Yeah. So, you know, I, I remember doing a group project with, you know, some psychology majors or some science majors, and I was a media student. And so getting, you know, kind of the different perspectives, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it just it helps you make a more informed decision. And I think that's best encapsulated in the final core course uh, of the 10 courses in uh, CTS 410. And uh, not that we're going to go through each individual courses in this uh, episode of the podcast, but Mm -hmm. could you maybe talk specifically about that capstone uh, fourth year uh, core course? Yeah. So the capstone, uh, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that uh, because the capstone is another one of these courses that for students, especially in their fourth year, that can be seen as a, as a challenge to do, to right, take time away from your studies or away from your work to do this other project. And uh, one of the things that we're working on just as faculty is how do we kind of help sort of shape the narrative around that, that this is not a, a distraction from your studies. It's a, it's literally what we're called to do. And this is kind of what we're talking about before, right? Your work as a manifestation of not just your skills, but your, your calling. So yeah, the, the capstone, like the, 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 fourth year core course, you get to work with a group and actually solve a real world problem um, using all the different tools you have at your disposal with a group of colleagues that are maybe in English, maybe in media, maybe in history, maybe in science. And uh, it's the closest thing to mimicking what the real world uh, outside of these walls will be like. And uh, I know students can kind of chafe against it, but in my own experience, like I've had a lot of different roles in, in magazine publishing and a think tank and, and to be nothing is <coughs> closer to like a real life kind of uh, experience than seeing a bunch of different people come together, pull together for a common goal and then mm-hmm. accomplish a made thing that they see at the end of it. And uh, I don't know, when I, when I hear the stories from Dr. Karen Dealman and some of the other profs who are, are working in it, it's remarkable, remarkable to me um, what students here are, are actually contributing to not just Hamilton, but all kinds of other communities. And so doing very real good work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I'll give the example is when I did the CTS 410, I had uh, someone who was a psych major, someone a kinesiology major, a business major, a social work major, and then I myself was a media major. And our task was to design a walking school bus program for two elementary schools in Hamilton. Mm. 
And there, there were so many different factors into it. What seems like, oh, that's cool. That's edgy. That's, you know, you know that's going to be a fun project. We quickly found out like, oh, you have to consider like kids limitations. You have to consider, you know, adult supervision. You have to yeah. con- consider some sort of marketing campaign to get people on board with this that, and actually like commit to it. You have to work with the schools to talk about, you know, what are some of the issues from their end. And that experience alone prepared me in my professional life here at Redeemer to collaborate with people. Uh, if I, when I'm involved with my church, if you're on like yeah. a committee or if you're on a, a, you know, a parent school board or you're in a, uh, some sort of town hall office in government or even just a, a subcommittee in a business of any kind, there's so many opportunities where you have to work with people from all different walks of life. And a course like that gives you a fantastic, you know, environment to learn and become excellent at d- working in that those groups. That's it's funny just to bring it full circle. Like yesterday in my Hum One Ten class, we were talking about the Greeks and the city state, and just the the kind of culture of not just like innovation and inquiry, but also a, a kind of culture that championed knowing how to work with other people, knowing how to persuade other people. And, and I, again, just to, the 410 experience is not just about you have an idea. How does it like, how do you realize it? Like, like to your point, you have to actually work with other people. That itself is challenging, right? Uh, because yeah. people have different motivations. They have different gifts, different kind of like working talents. So all of that stuff that you're doing in the process of making this thing is actually part of the education. And again, the adult world or the world outside of university is filled with all those kind of things, right? Uh, experiences where you, where you have to make things with other people, and uh, like like you're saying, think through economics, <laughs> think through the yeah. policy, uh, because it, it, it's really easy to kind of chirp um, or critique things and be like, "Why don't people do this?" And then when you actually get in the game and try to do it, you realize there's so many factors that make things work or not work. Um, so for students to get a little taste of that, I think is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I, I think of kind of the practical components of the core of, you know, exposing yourself to subjects that you normally wouldn't study, uh, getting to, you know, as we mentioned, get to work with students from other disciplines of study. But I think also just the practical component of bringing your university degree back to a Christian worldview, that's something that sets Redeemer apart from a secular institution, right? I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, I, I, I absolutely. And I, and I sometimes feel like we can get so used to it here. I mean, I've been kind of in this world for a long time uh, that you forget there's a, there's a kind of beautiful freedom where we can actually talk about these ideas, um, not just as solving like real world problems or having solutions to, but, but as actually a way of living Coram Deo, right. A living before the face of God. Um, and, and I, and I do love that all the way from like the HUM 110 courses, we look at the early Greeks and the Romans to the projects that we make, we're framing it right. Um, in a way that our faith and the large story of creation to new creation, uh, is giving this a kind of deep purpose that is actually more than just my own kind of self-fulfillment. It's actually about my service to the kingdom right um yeah and and how god's work is being manifested and i'm being invited and called into it right um that again i, th- I think it's just it's a much richer way of viewing the work we're doing 
than just simply doing it for our own glory or our own kind of status. Absolutely. And uh, I, I, I know we're, we're starting to, to run out of time here, but I, I wanted to just uh, kind of what would your what would you say if you had a prospective student they're in high school right now they come visit redeemer and they're talking to you and asking it like what you know what is the core program what what, what would you say kind of in that one-on-one conversation of that student i would talk about just exactly what is education right what, what, what do we want when we want education um and there's lots of different answers to that right some people want the skills to do their job. Um, good. And I think you should. And I think Redeemer is a place where you, you will get that. Some people want to be, uh, sort of immersed in kind of the discourse, the kind of current conversations around whether it's philosophy, English literature. Great. But one of my favorite definitions comes from GK Chesterton and he says, education is like nothing less than the soul of a society being passed from one generation to the next. Hmm. And when I think about what Redeemer is offering and what the core program is specifically designed to do. It is kind of the torch bearing capacity of one generation passing it on to the next. And if we lose a sense of a kind of shared set of texts, a shared narrative, a shared set of beliefs, all of which can be discussed and challenged and and argued about, like that's what a a university should be about. But if we lose that sense that there's actually a, a certain set of ideas and a way of thinking, uh, that's that's significant and needs to be passed on. Uh, then we've kind of lost what Redeemer's distinctive mission and vision is. So the core mm-hmm. is the place where they're gonna they're gonna be the torchbearer. And I look back and I had Al Walters teach me. I had Craig Bartholomew teach me. Um, Dr. Deborah Bowen, Ben Faber, and a lot of them uh, again kind of imparted this to me. And it's amazing now. 20 years on from that, right? Full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but and that it, it's. It's kind of been passed along. And, and I think for any student who gets kind of excited about higher education, I think the deepest vision of what higher education is, is the kind of passing of a soul of a, a community society to the next. Mm. And, and yeah, I, I, I hope that an 18 year old uh, gets kind of ignited by that. They, they want to be part of that. Absolutely. Uh, w- one final question here I, I like to ask people is, uh, so I know you yourself, you're a professor at Redeemer right now. Uh, you're an alumni of Redeemer. What is uh, one of one of, or if not the most, uh, your favorite part of the Redeemer uh, University experience? So my favorite part of the Redeemer experience, yeah. as a student, was one hundred percent the when I was a student here. It was it was the living, uh, living, living on campus, um, and having a group of people that I could not only just learn with, but also like share life with. And I know that sounds like almost like cliche and, and whatever, but a lot of the people from Redeemer, um, we've built a school together outside of this. We've shared our lives together. We go to church together. We've raised our kids together. Um, so Redeemer was the place where I built a lot of the relationships that were not just professional. Um, they were also social. Uh, and, and that's meant a lot to me. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doug, thank you so much for coming on the Redeemer podcast. Uh, you know, look forward to, to, you know, maybe having you on again in the future. 
And uh, anyone who's watching, if you're interested in learning more about the core or you'd like to meet, you know, Professor Sikama, make sure you uh, email admissions at redeemer.ca. We'll try and set up a, a meeting or, or have you come for a visit and we'll make that happen. So thanks so much, Doug, for, having, for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Good to be here. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Redeemer University podcast. Thank you again to Professor Doug Sikma for coming on and giving some insight into Redeemer's core program. If you would like more information on Redeemer, please check out our website, redeemer.ca, and you can always connect with us by email at admissions at redeemer.ca if you're interested in applying. God bless, and we'll see you in the next episode.